Hi, everyone. Welcome to our podcast, where you will find messages from various speakers here at Eastgate House of Prayer Mission Base, both a house of prayer and a praying church. We pray that you are blessed through this message and that a greater measure of truth is revealed to you as you listen. First things first, I want to address the thing. How many of you know that the spirit of the living God dwells inside each and every one of us? How many of you know that the authority of Jesus Christ dwells in each and every one of us? How many of you know that the holy, the pure, the righteous one dwells inside of you? He dwells inside of us. That's crazy. That's crazy. The same power that resurrected Christ from the dead lives inside of each and every one of you. What? That's unreal to me. That's just like crazy. I I don't even get it. But it's the reality. It's the reality. As, As Christ followers, we have the spirit of the living God dwelling inside of us. That's the reality. And then, well, yes. Ultimately, I had a dream. (laughs) I had a dream. um, And I felt in the beginning of the dream, it was kind of like I was way back in like an episode of The Chosen. Have you all seen The Chosen yet? Okay. So like way back in biblical times, here I am following Jesus In my dream, I'm walking around and Jesus is presenting himself before a crowd of people and I go right up there with him and I'm like, hello, Jesus. Like, I'm here. Hi, hello. Um, I'm right there with Jesus. And he addresses the crowd and I'm very aware this is the first time he's addressing this specific crowd of people and everyone's crowding around to see what he's going to say. And the first thing he says, he smiles and he kind of laughs. And the first thing he says is, first of all, these women are fierce. So, yes and amen. These women are fierce. <laughs> uh, and then, out of nowhere, this woman in the crowd responding to him, actually, she raises her hand and she cries out to Jesus and she says, Jesus, how do you take care of your oral hygiene? <laughs> and in the dream, I distinctly remember, I'm like, that's a really dumb question to ask the son of God, the Messiah, like, why would you ask that question? But Jesus was going to answer it. He didn't think it was dumb. He didn't think it was dumb at all. And actually, in hindsight, this is why I'm here, because it's a question that needs to be answered. He opened his mouth, he smiled and laughed, and I love when Jesus smiles. And he smiled and he laughed, and he was about to answer the question, And I woke up, so I was like, dang, (laughs) if I had the answer right there. (laughs) But in hindsight, when I was asking the Lord, I was like, God, like, I I want the answer to this question. Like, what does that even mean? How do you take care of your oral hygiene? I don't get that. Why is that important? Um, 
And in dialogue with the Lord, the first thing that he brought to my mind was the scripture in Isaiah 6. Um, in Isaiah 6, I'm actually gonna, I'm gonna read it for you guys. And then we're gonna break it down real quick. Okay, so Isaiah 6, it says, in the year that King um, Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim, each had six wings. With two he covered his face, and with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called to another and said, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, the whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the threshold shook at the voice of him who called, and the house was filled with smoke. And I said, woe to me, for I am lost. For I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken with tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. And I heard the voice of, voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, Here I am. Send me. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for the opportunity is to come before your family, to come before your people and speak your heart. God, I pray that my words would be few, but yours mighty and plentiful. I thank you for your spirit that dwells in this place, but in each and every single one of us, God. Thank you for moving. Thank you for leading. Thank you for guiding. You're amazing. Amen. <laughs> so in this scripture, it's pretty packed. This is a pa packed passage of scripture. It's actually pretty incredible. Like, can you imagine... Being in the temple of the Lord in front of and surrounded by these angels with like 18 wings. Exaggeration, I think there were six wings. Um, <laughs> uh, these, these creatures that are holy and beautiful and majestic. And then on top of that, ultimately, you're standing before for the throne of the living God, not even seeing his face, but just the fact that his robe is so beautiful and it fills the entire temple. All you can do but say is, woe to me, I am unclean. I can only imagine what Isaiah is thinking in his head right now. Like, being surrounded by holiness. 
and you have these angels surrounding you and they're just declaring praise. They're giving praise where praise is due. They're giving glory to the Lord of hosts. They're saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God of almighty. Holy, over and over and over again. I bet all that he wanted to do was join in that chorus to sing holy, to sing holy over and over and over again. But he doesn't do that. Why doesn't he do that? It's because he recognized his humanity. It's because he recognized his mouth wasn't even worthy to speak the word holy. He was unfit to even join the chorus of the words holy, let alone address the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. The first thing that he does in the midst of the Holy One is repent. He repents and he recognizes his uncleanness, his unclean mouth specifically. And then in response to that, we see that God, in his mercy, sends an angel with a coal from an altar and touches the lips of Isaiah and says, you are cleansed, you are forgiven. That's the very byproduct of the love of God. The fire in the eyes of the Holy One, the coal of the altar of the Lord is the byproduct of the heart of God to cleanse you and to redeem you and make you clean so that you can address him, so that you can be sent. Because it wasn't just for, you know, just because God felt like it, though he loves us in that way. But he mandated and commissioned Isaiah. It was unto an action. It was unto a commissioning. You are forgiven. You are cleansed. Who will go? Is it you? Can I send you now? So it's always unto an action, which is crazy. But we as Christians now on this day too, we have that same mandate. We have the same mandate. Jesus came, died for us, and then in Matthew 28, Jesus actually tells us to go out, make disciples of the nations, and teach them the word of God. It's the same mandate that Isaiah had. We are to be the mouthpiece of God. That's our mandate. We are to be the mouthpiece of God. Amen. Add a girl to you. <laughs> Man, yes, it is. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Shakaro. <laughs> We are to be the mouthpiece of God. But looking in this scripture in Isaiah, there's like 
a thing that we have to do first to be able to be the mouthpiece of God. And Isaiah shows it perfectly. First, we actually need to recognize that we are a people of unclean lips. And that's heavy stuff. We are a people of unclean lips. And what does unclean mean? A few words that come to mind are defiled, unworthy, unfit, sick, sinful. Unclean is not a nice word, but it's the reality of who we are without Jesus. Without atonement for our sin, we are people unfit to proclaim the word of God. Good news, though. Jesus acted as the atonement for our sin. And he qualifies us to speak his word and walk in holiness. He cleanses our mouths. He purifies our hearts so that we can do the mission that he gave us and be the mouthpiece in this world. So what is unclean speech? What does that even look like? Like, what is the fruit? Like, what, I don't, what's unclean speech? Well, first we need to recognize that the state of our oral hygiene, the cleanliness of our mouths is actually a direct result of the posture of our hearts. The two are connected, always. In Matthew 15, Jesus actually says to his disciples and the crowd around him that what goes into someone's mouth does not defile them. But what comes out of their mouth, that is what defiles them. And it comes from within. It comes from the heart. Okay. Likewise, in Matthew 12, Jesus is actually addressing really religious leaders. And he says, either make the tree good and its fruit good or make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For the tree is known by its fruit, you broad of vipers. How can you speak good when you are evil? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Your words and the heart behind your words matter. It carries weight. It carries weight. They're all connected. Your words and your heart are connected. And this is heavy stuff, guys. These are religious leaders that Jesus is addressing. Like in that time, they were supposed to be the holiest of holies of everyone. They called themselves lovers of God. But Jesus is calling them vipers. So they're speaking a lot of talk, but what's actually the heart condition? Jesus sees the heart. The ones who are considered to be the holiest of all, Jesus looks at and calls them vipers, snakes, serpents. Vipers are cunning creatures. They're not dumb, but they're deadly. 
They're deadly. And even looking back in Genesis, the evil one came in the form of a serpent. So the direct fall of humanity actually came from that which Jesus is calling the religious leaders. It's heavy stuff. (laughs) Jesus is addressing the wickedness in their hearts. You can speak religious talk all you want. You can say the right things. You can even say the name of Jesus. But if your heart is not with Jesus, if your heart is not that of love, none of it matters. Without the revelation of the love of Jesus, without love, nothing matters. But there's an invitation for us. There's an invitation for humanity. And it's to walk in love. And because God is love, it's actually walking in step with his spirit. If you're not walking in step with the spirit, you're walking in step with the law. You're walking in step with the flesh. You're functioning out of religion. Just like the Pharisees were, like the religious leaders were. That's what you'd be walking in. So what's the, the fruit of walking in those things? Galatians 5, it says, but I say walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit. And the desires of the spirit are against the flesh, for these are opposed to each other. It can't be both and. You're either dead to one or you're dead to the other. To keep you from doing the things you want to do, but if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, and things like these. I warn you as I warned you before that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. These are the, this is the fruit of unclean lips and an impure heart. That is what unclean lips is. Unclean lips is the fruit of a wicked, religious, and lost heart. A heart that doesn't know Jesus. And we cannot function as the mouthpiece of the Lord in this state. The posture of our hearts and the mandate of our lives demand a response to the Lord. And that's of repentance and humility. We need clean lips, and that's how we get to that place. Praise God. We need clean lips. We need to repent. Woe to me, for I am a man of unclean lips. 
the first step to receiving clean lips, not just clean lips, but a pure heart, because the two are connected. You need both. The clean lips is the byproduct of the pure heart. The first step is acknowledging our need to be cleansed. And in humility, admitting we need a savior and need to be purified. Recognizing that he is holy and we are not. And in response to the repentance, the Lord sends the angel and the angel goes to Isaiah and touched his mouth with the burning coal cleansing his lips, atoning his sin. When we repent of our sin because of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, which is the direct byproduct of the love of God, we are cleansed, we're redeemed, we're restored, we're forgiven. 1 John 1.9 says if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We are clean. Why? Because God so loved the world. God so loved the world. The root of our cleanness is God's love. It was his plan from the very beginning that we'd be the ones who walk with him, who talk with him, ones who know him, and ones who love him. And out of the overflow of that love, we would run in the commission and proclaim that love to the rest of the world. So praise God. We are cleansed. We are purified. We are filled with life. We're filled with love. We're filled with his spirit. Thank you, Jesus. So as one with clean lips, we're walking in step with the Spirit. And according to Galatians 5, again, you have that direct parallel. We read all the bad stuff. That, that we don't want. We don't want that stuff. But what we do want is the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That is our inheritance as lovers of God. It's an awesome deal. That is our inheritance as lovers of God, and that is the fruit of our clean lips. But how do you walk in step with the Spirit? You meditate on the word of God. It's his word that sustains you. It's his word that fills you. That is how you come to know the Lord. You know his word. Because he reveals himself through his word. Matthew 4, Jesus says, men shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. And what comes out of the mouth of the Lord? A lot. A lot. 
but Proverbs 2, 6 gives, gives us a little insight, and it says, for the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. That's just a taste of what comes from the mouth of the Lord. This is the word of God. It is knowledge, it's wisdom, it's understanding. This is what brings you life. This is what sustains you. This is what you are to fill yourself with. But in the same way, we need to guard our hearts. We have a responsibility on our end as well. Not only meditate on the word of God, but we need to guard our hearts. And Proverbs 4.23 actually says, keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. But put away from you crooked speech and put devious talk far from you. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Fix your gaze on Jesus. Do not waver. Do not waver. That which you take in is what you will send out. If you fix your eyes on Jesus, if you're meditating on his word, that is what you will release into the world. So guard your heart. And instead... In Philippians 4, all of the Bible, amen. In Philippians 4, 8, it says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, anything that is worthy of praise, think about these things. The word of God is all of those things. Jesus is true. He's honorable. He's just. He's pure. He's lovely. He's commendable. He's excellent. And he is worthy of praise. That's why David said, your praise will be forever beyond my mouth. It was the direct byproduct of who he knew God to be. It's the love of God that filled his heart. So these are the things that we meditate on. This is the word of God. What you digest, you will regurgitate. Straight up. What you take in with with your eyes, with your ears, with your mouth, You're going to let it out. So fill your mind, fill your heart, fill your being with that which is pure. And you will have a pure mouth. You will have a clean mouth. You will have a pure heart. Fill yourself with the word of God. Wherever you go, living out of the overflow of his word, your mouth will produce the fruit of a clean, righteous heart. And you will be one with clean lips. But it isn't for our own benefit. It's not for our own edification. It's not for our own glory. It's for the glory of God. 
in this world. It's unto being his mouthpiece wherever he plants us to proclaim his glory, because now we can do that, and we can do it rightly, to proclaim his holiness, to proclaim his salvation, to proclaim his goodness, to be that which we demonstrate and reveal the glory of God through us to those that he surrounds us with. We are products of his glory, and we are the mouthpiece of his word. So being the mouthpiece of God is amazing, but it's also terrifying. There's a level of boldness and risk to it, but it's always worth it. It's always worth it. And writing this sermon, I had to have to be honest with you guys, like the spiritual warfare, that's real. When you're coming to preach on on being the mouthpiece of God, (laughs) let me tell you, everything in me did not want to preach today. But I'm here because the Lord told me to be and because... I am the mouthpiece of God. Satan likes to attack our very calling, our very mandate. And each of us in this room are called to be a mouthpiece of God. So forgiveness granted to Isaiah, the action of being sent out. He was now one who was marked by, branded by, and purified by love. And he gave himself to the mission of proclaiming the word of God and being the Lord's mouthpiece to his beloved people. Like I said before, that is our mandate still. That has not changed. We are the mouthpieces of God in order to advance the mission of the kingdom of God in our day in this land. There's one thing we need to recognize, though, about our God, is that God is unmoved and unfazed by the limits of our humanity. God is limitless. He is not limited by our humanity. And our understanding of our own limitations, they don't exist to him. He equips those he calls. And when you look at at Jeremiah, When God calls Jeremiah, Jeremiah's first response is that, I'm too young. God, I'm too young. Jeremiah was a savage, and he knew the Lord in his youth. 
He was crazy. He had this radical faith, even in the midst of saying, God, I'm too young. God's like, no, watch me use you. I know what I'm doing. God wasn't phased by Jeremiah's youth. He wasn't phased by what Jeremiah thought to be a limitation. God called Jeremiah into radical faith to trust that God would protect him because that's what God said he would do. But ultimately, God said that he would fill Jeremiah's mouth. He would fill Jeremiah's mouth with his word. God equips those he calls. When you faithfully give yourself to being the Lord's mouthpiece, he will fill your mouth with his word. It's a promise all throughout scripture. Every single one that he called. And the word of God is powerful. The word of God is powerful, specifically in Jeremiah. God said that his word, the word that he was going to fill Jeremiah's mouth with, was going to be words that uproot and tear down. Words that destroy and overthrow. Words that build and plant. These words are amazing. And the fact that we get to carry them is unreal. I know. Amen. <laughs> you're not too young and you're not too old. God is not limited by our humanity. He gives us the authority by the power of Jesus that lives inside of us to overthrow the strongholds to destroy and tear down the principalities, to proclaim life everywhere that we go. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And so if the spirit of God dwells inside of me and I'm speaking his word, you know there's gonna be freedom where we speak. Where we even step our feet, there's gonna be freedom. It's not just limited to our mouths. He's inside of us, so wherever we walk, Freedom, 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 freedom. Amen. You even look at Moses in the book of Exodus. He was stubborn. <laughs> Can't relate. Um, Moses in Exodus 4, this is where God actually calls Moses. And Moses has so many excuses, limitation after limitation. And he's so scared. It's like, God, I, I literally can't. My speech isn't eloquent enough. I'm slow to speech. I, I can't speak the way that you would have me speak. God's not limited by our limits. God actually says, just go. I will equip you. I will teach you how to speak. So here again, we see that God is actually equipping 
Moses. He's equipping us. God created everything. He formed us in the womb and knew us before the very foundations of the world. So your human limitations don't shock or surprise him. If anything, it's a launching pad for him to reveal his glory through you. When you are weak, he is made strong. Amen. Being our creator, he's not limited by our humanity. He's not limited by our lack of understanding because he fills us with understanding. He's not limited by our language or any other excuse we may have. He is God. He is God. He created us. He knows us. And he knows already how he's going to use us. He teaches us. He equips us. He fills us. Our limits fall away in the wake of submitting our humanity to him. When you submit to being the Lord's mouthpiece and surrender your human limits, he takes them and equips you with his strength, understanding, and wisdom. So, as the mouthpieces of God, we are given the authority of Jesus to tear down, to uproot, to build up, to equip, to edify, to set free. We have no limits because of the authority that lives inside of us. Our God is limitless and he lives inside of us. Therefore, we do not have limits. Amen. Our words carry weight. As mouthpieces of God, our words carry weight. That is why our testimony is so important. Our testimony is so important. And I'm not just talking about sitting around the campfire and everyone goes around and says, like, this is when I got saved. Though that's awesome and I love those stories and those moments. Your testimony is how you live out your life before God and before the people he places you around. Your testimony is a lifelong journey And it matters. So how you speak throughout every day of your life to the people that he surrounds you with matters because that's your testimony. And we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the words of our testimony. Our testimony matters, not just for our freedom, but for the freedom of nations, of nations. These are souls, guys. Our words matter. They matter. There's a reason why in Ephesians 4, Paul says, don't let unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. Actually, 
give your time to building up and edifying and equipping those I give you. I'm going to leave it up to you guys to decide what unwholesome talk is. But if you carry the spirit of Jesus inside of you and you're speaking like a fool, how are you representing Jesus? Jesus isn't a fool. Your words matter. How are you representing Jesus? What is your testimony? That is what brings breakthrough inside of you and in others. Because it's not our testimony, it's not our story, but it's the story and the testimony of Jesus Christ. It's an honor to be the mouthpiece of God. And it's a gift and a grace. So what is oral hygiene? Back to the weird question. How do you take care of your oral hygiene? You fill yourself with the word of God. You fill yourself with the word of God. That which is true and honorable and just and pure and lovely and commendable, excellent and worthy of praise. You fill yourself with Jesus. And as the mouthpiece of God, you set things free. You shift nations. You tear down strongholds. As mouthpieces of God, you equip the saints and you advance the mission of the kingdom in this world. As mouthpieces of God, you are the manifest presence of the heart of God to this world. As mouthpieces of God, you are the very testimony of Jesus. So Jesus, I want to thank you Jesus, I want to thank you for the honor of being your representative in this world, of being a messenger to the lost, of being your very mouthpiece in this region.
God, I pray that we would be ones who seek your heart day and night. I pray that we would be ones who meditate and eat and digest your word every day. God, let us be ones that are hungry for your word alone, that which sustains. That which equips us. Let your word be the thing that fills us to overflowing so that we would be ones who radically run in the commission that you gave us. To declare the testimony of Jesus to this fallen world, God. Father, right now, we give ourselves in humility and say, use us as your mouthpiece in this region, God. We will go when you tell us to go, and we will speak when you tell us to speak. God, use us as your mouthpiece. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for the freedom that you give us by the power of Jesus. And thank you that we can bring freedom to all those who don't know Jesus. As your mouthpiece, oh God. You are good, you are great, and you are worthy of everything we are. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast today. To find more teaching resources or to join us via live stream, visit our website at eastgatehouseofprayer.ca.